welcome once again to our uh, live group session i must say that i really love doing these uh, sessions because uh, today you know you may look at it and be like okay i don't you may not be able to put these principles into practice today but these are something that will stay with you for the rest of your life uh, i i still remember my marriage and family class was uh, was in like 2012 i attended the 2011 even today it helps me be a better husband those principles that i learned in class and so i'm very excited to share this with you because one day when you get married say the oath exchange vows exchange rings from that day onwards all these principles are going to be very helpful to you uh, because all these celebrations before marriage is just a one day event by the time you realize i'll tell you you get on stage by the time the service gets over the photo shoot is done you're exhausted and then you have to smile for one hour <laughs> pose for everybody and uh, uh, by the time that is over you're so tired all you want is to go and sleep you won't even enjoy your food you won't basically enjoy anything in your marriage uh, that day will just get over uh, by the time you realize it will all be over but the life after that is is the real deal the life after that sometimes will be filled with moments of joy excitement uh, sometimes with a lot of anger sadness frustration and in all of this it's very important to know how to manage the day after your wedding amen because once you step into marriage like i've said before divorce is not an easy option unless for a particular condition divorce is not an easy option so as we step into marriage and live there we have to live according to the principles that god has set for us amen so i've put down some principles uh, over the week i was meditating on the subject and i forgot to put the verses so i will give the verses and the references most likely next week because i i was i was preparing it throughout the week i was jotting down notes whenever thoughts came to mind uh, i forgot to put on the verses i will find the verses and i'll give that to you in the next session okay so let's get into the study today we're going to look at this um, study where we're going to see about 10 things that can help you build a successful marriage 10 things that can help you build a successful marriage <clears throat> the you can call these 10 principles Okay so these principles are to be applied the day after the wedding okay one of the first things you have to do is this this is the first principle that is understand your spouse understand your spouse one of the first and the foremost thing that you have to do after your wedding day is to invest time in understanding your spouse invest time in understanding your spouse every person is is uh, is like a treasure box just because you've known them before marriage just because you've dated them before marriage just because you've been in a relationship with them before marriage doesn't mean you will know everything about them when you come together and live together there will be some things that you'll see you'll be surprised i didn't know that you would do this <laughs> there'll be some things that you'll be shocked 
So my, my professor taught me this. He said, you know, marriage is a life full of surprises and shocks sometimes. And if you can invest your time in understanding that person, it's going to help you in the long run. Because after marriage, when you live with them, what will happen is it will always become easy to start an argument. When you start living together, it will be very easy to start an argument, talk about things and fight over little things. Like my friend, me and I, we never fought before marriage. After marriage, we fought every week. <laughs> Literally every week or and now it's very, very less. But every week, sometimes, you know, I'll be wondering why. Because when you get married and start living together, it'll be easier for you to say something, you know, criticizing them or say something negative. To avoid all that, if you can understand how your spouse is, if you can understand their character, the way they work, it'll be really easy for you to avoid a lot of arguments. A lot of arguments. If, you, if you've heard something like this, you know, <clears throat> Some couples, celebrity couples especially, they get married and little later they say, oh, I, I don't think we are compatible. Do you know what that means in other terms? We haven't understood each other well. Have you heard of compatibility issues, things like that? It's, it's because what happens is, <clears throat> nowadays many are in a relationship and then they get married. So what happens is when you're dating somebody, you always tend to assume a lot of things. Okay, you will see a couple of things that they do and you tend to assume, okay, I know this is how he is or this is how she is. You tend to assume. But after the marriage is where you see the reality of the relationship. Before marriage, you will assume a lot of things. After marriage, you will find out the real deal, the real thing. And when you find out, you'll be surprised. But if you can invest time in understanding the person, you'll avoid a lot of arguments, a lot of uh, fights with each other. And when do you think you should do this? What do you think is the best time to do this? Do you say immediately after marriage or a little later? I gave the answer in the beginning. <laughs> Immediately. Let me tell you why. Uh, because <clears throat> within the first few months of marriage, this is a practical thing. Your tendency to bear with each other is a little more. <laughs> For the first three to six months. After six months, it's like our youth. <laughs> no, all that very casual uh, talk will start sometimes which can put off each other. So within the first few months, it's very crucial to build your relationship in a very strong manner. And one of the ways to do that is to invest time into understanding them, learning about their character, learning their strengths, learning their weakness, knowing what they like, what they don't like. You know, if something will trigger them to get angry, study all of these things. Know who they are as a person, because when you come to know who they are as a person in that way, you'll be able to live a life that is more happy and peaceful. Amen? Okay, next, next one. Next principle. Understand your responsibility in marriage. The second principle for a successful marriage is understand your responsibility. In marriage, there are certain things that don't change over time. You can call marriage as a very traditional institution. The way it functions has been the same forever. Man is the protector, wife is the one who builds the house. 
as in takes care of the house manages everything man is the one who provides for it this this kind of a setup never changes and it is for a good reason it's a very traditional thing and many try to ch- many are trying to change that they'll never be successful in that a man always can do certain things that a woman cannot do women can do a certain things a man cannot do okay now doesn't mean that woman is anything lesser or man is anything lesser both of them are suited for a certain kind of role so when you get into marriage and once you get married you have to understand what are my roles and what is it that i have to do some things you may not like but you still have to do another thing i don't like is throwing the garbage every night somehow i keep forgetting <laughs> and i've gotten uh, so many scoldings so far i still get even today i guess <laughs> but but something that i have to do but i i just don't enjoy but then it's a man's responsibility have to do it okay so you have to understand what your responsibilities are in a marriage one of the biggest drawbacks in understanding is this now how many of you have lived in hostel for for more than 3 years everyone except me i've lived only for 2 years uh for those of you who lived in hostel for more than 3 years or 5 years or some some even 8 years what will happen is you'll be very used to a lifestyle where it is you your room and your food and when you step into marriage what will happen is you'll bring those same characteristics inside and that is when the other partner will get angry if someone someone told me like this oh he he's he's grown up he can take care of himself i can get up whatever time i want <laughs> really somebody told me we have to we have to be very conscious of our character you know when we step into marriage we have to see okay am i fulfilling these responsibilities and what is it that's keeping me from fulfilling because once you step into marriage you're no longer a single woman no longer a person living in a hostel but you're a wife you're a husband it's very important to fulfill those roles okay for some of you living in a hostel who've been living for a long time let me tell you it'll take a while to make the change but make it as soon as possible okay make it as soon as possible you'll have a very happy marriage any questions some of you are laughing <laughs> this this will be a real struggle i'm telling you this will be really a struggle especially for the medical students and especially for for you all it's really really for theology it's 3 years when we do masters it's lesser 2 years so for us it's nothing um, but for you all it will be really a big struggle i always i always had this idea that you know living in hostel by yourself is going to aid in is going to aid yeah living with another person mhm mm like when you when you make your own home house and things like that yeah so there are definitely some uh benefits some good things that you'll learn but there are also some habits that you'll carry over what ha- what will happen is if you've been living in a hostel for a long time you get used to something called as this my private space i like things my way you know something uh you get used to that now most of you know what i'm talking about you're all smiling <laughs> that is where the problem is like things like say you know cleaning the house taking care of the house 
very good qualities but then there are also some bad things cons you can say that that will spill over you have to be very careful of that very very careful any questions any questions i don't have questions but i'm just thinking about what you just said you know the private space and comes to cleaning and things like that i'm very particular i don't like things lying around and if someone is done then make sure they come and pick it up in privately <laughs> so and, <laughs> and i cannot i can like honestly tell you i don't like people making noise in the house <laughs> you know speaking beyond uh, a limit of you know the volume exceeding and i don't like I, there are many things that i don't like people playing <laughs> very very choosy see this i don't like this i i just get really irritated and you know people playing videos on the phone without your phones i have like lot of problems so i was just thinking <laughs> how much of a change where to draw the line <laughs> how much should i start to change <laughs> you know let me tell you something interesting when you have these kind of you know characteristics you will most likely get a person who breaks all the rules this is this is true you will get a person who breaks all the rules <laughs> and you're going to live with that <laughs> it 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 is going to be that way uh, <clears throat> for people who are like all sparkly squeaky clean they'll get somebody who will eat and leave the plate there <laughs> uh, it's it's it you know eventually it's it's all about being patient and still teaching them and helping them learn those things but at the same time not starting an argument it's going to be a very tricky one so yeah yeah probably you might get a person who likes to play loud music you know <laughs> we'll have some heavy subwoofers in the house <laughs> I, i i probably i'm just picturing that i'm not, not prophesying or anything <laughs> just picturing it yeah this is this is a very uh, if if the wife is one extreme the husband will be another and the truth is to be very honest only those kind of couples get along very well if if you expect somebody to be like you you're going to have a very tough time living with them but if they're going to be somebody who's an opposite of you you'll have a fun filled marriage i, I can assure you befriend is an opposite of me in so many ways she's just an opposite of me and i can tell you you know even today i look back at our marriage i enjoy just hanging out with her so much i just enjoy going for a drive because she is a person who talks about everything i'm a person who you know very is very calculative and i i think very differently my words are limited but i i do talk to her a lot but then you know both of us are very different and that works very well and so in your case it's going to be a guy who's probably messy <laughs> <laughs> there is certain like specially table manners yeah you know how i mean these these are the thoughts that are running in my mind <laughs> probably few years down the line so yeah okay i think it may yeah i have to get my yeah i have to get my patient levels a bit mm mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome okay third one is this third principle be careful to show your emotion or speak your mind now you may wonder what kind of point is this 
Third principle is be careful to show your emotion or speak your mind. Now, this is mainly the context of argument or in a context where you're showing anger towards this person, anger towards your spouse. This is mainly in that context. You have to always be careful how you express your emotion or even speak your mind because when you're angry, when you're hurt or when you're disappointed, words will flow like a, like a river out of your mouth. And that is the moment you have to be very careful about what you speak. If you're somebody who speaks uncontrollably when you're angry, God bless you and I'll pray for you. <laughs> because in a marriage, uh, see there's always this thing in marriage where it'll always be very easy to argue, very easy to show your anger. But that is also the place where a lot of relationships can break. That is a place where a lot of relationships can get, you know, people can get hurt. And that is the point we have to be very careful what we speak. So we should not always speak our mind, rather we should carefully evaluate that if what I'm speaking, is it going to help him or hurt him? Helper or hurter? We have to always evaluate that way and speak. Okay? You have to always be careful to show your emotion or speak your mind. Because one thing is, uh, when you in a marriage relationship, you're close, you're intimate, and also the room for getting hurt is even more. Now let's say you say something to your spouse that triggers them, that might have hurt them because of what other people have also said. But when you repeat those same words, what will happen is this. They will think, everybody speaks, that's okay, but my spouse is speaking. It will be unbearable for them. They'll think, okay, everybody speaks, I don't mind, but my wife is saying that, or my husband is saying that. It'll be really unbearable for them. Okay? So you have to always be careful to show your emotion or speak your mind. You have to be very careful how you handle arguments or uh, any sort of fights in marriage. That's the third principle. Fourth one. Fourth one is this, learn to handle offenses. Now let's say a scenario where the husband has spoken something or the wife has spoken something and one person is hurt. Now how do you handle the hurt? Very important. You have to learn to handle offenses in marriage. There are many relationships that break away over time because of one simple reason. They haven't learned how to handle offenses in marriage. There are some couples, what they do is they fight and they don't talk for a couple of days. Fight and don't talk for a couple of days. What will happen is in that moment, when they don't talk for a couple of days, there will be a space for a lot of negative thoughts to be poured into them. And the enemy is like a roaring lion. He's looking for someone to devour. So the Bible teaches us to never give enemy a foothold in our life. When you fight and don't talk for a long period of time, it's a good space for the enemy to work. Eventually, because eventually where the enemy will lead you to think is that he will make you think that maybe you married the wrong person. And the reason why the thought comes in the first place is because you haven't learned to handle offenses. You have to understand as you enter into marriage, you're marrying a person who is imperfect. Husband is imperfect, wife is imperfect. Things are going to come out of their mouth that will hurt you. But it is really important to learn to handle those offenses. And here's a practical thing I'll tell you. If you have a fight over something, 
फिक्स इट इमीडिएटली और फिक्स इट विद इन द सेम नाइट बिफोर यू गो टू स्लीप दे शुड बी नो ईगो इन मैरिज नो प्राइड अमंग ईच अदर इन मैरिज नथिंग ऑफ दैट शॉर्ट शॉर्ट शुड बी दैन येस वी गेट एंग्री बट देन इट इज रियली इंपॉर्टेंट टू फिक्स द प्रॉब्लम एज सोन एज पॉसिबल एज सोन एज पॉसिबल you know when you understand each other the first point invest time into understanding each other one of the things you have to learn is what are the things that cools them down what are the things that will cool them down when they're angry that's something you have to evaluate and find out and you have to use it here in handling offenses when you know your spouse is hurt when you know the husband is hurt or the wife is hurt what you must do is you have to find out okay what can i do to cool them down what can i do that will put a smile on their face that's one of the best ways to resolve a fight for women it's typically shopping i don't know if that <laughs> for men probably something nice to eat that works for me so you have to find out okay what are the things that will cool them down and use that you see how practical marriages you see how practical marriages yes there is prayer yes they love jesus it's all there but it's also very very practical for example you know we should not fight and go sit and fast and pray lord deliver my husband lord heal my wife <laughs> go and talk go talk and fix it we are really good at praying after fighting lord you know speak in tongues bring heaven down you know break all the demonic powers but still you know you don't talk to each other the, the whole idea is that it's very practical if you fight go ask sorry even if you haven't done a mistake still ask sorry it's better for you to sleep with each other in peace than to fight and sleep with an anger in your heart okay so learn to handle offenses how many have we covered so far four fifth one is this make changes in your life to your life quickly because once you once you married you don't have a lot of time to change make quick changes or just write this down make quick changes now once you're married you will find out okay these are things that i have to change in my life once you're married you will find out okay these are things that i have to change and you have to learn to make those changes quickly as possible as quickly as possible you have to make one of this this is one of the important principles i've learned i heard td jake talk talk about this he said when you find out that you are weak in certain area you don't have a lot of time to change sometimes you have to fix yourself overnight for example let's put it this way if if the man has a habit of spending without calculating the budget or you know if he has a habit of overspending what he has to do is if he realizes okay this is my weakness he has to sit down the same night calculate and figure out ways he can avoid overspending and it has to be almost fixed the entire night you get what i'm saying in other words you get this idea when you know there is something wrong with you 
immediately fix it. Don't even take a long period of time. The reason why I say that is because the enemy is always after marriages. It, it, just think of homosexuality for a, for a minute. Now, why is homosexuality so prevalent? It directly destroys marriage. It directly, see, nobody comes out of a homosexual union. Everybody comes out of a normal union. I think it's called hetero. Yeah, it's called as a heterosexual union. Everybody is a product of that. The homosexual union is coming up to such a level where people are saying, do whatever you want, live with whoever you want, everything is love. But that indirectly destroys marriage. The enemy is after marriage. And so if you find that there is some character or an attribute in you that is not good for marriage, you have to change it as quickly as possible. Find immediate solutions. Don't wait for a long time. Don't say, okay, I'm going to pray and wait on the Lord and God is going to pour out his anointing on me and I'm going to change into a brand new person. God has already reminded you of changing yourself and you have to make quick changes to your life. Very quick changes. Don't wait for a long period of time. Don't say, maybe uh, after one day, after this certain time, I'll get better. No. It's not going to work. It's very practical. You have to change yourself as soon as possible. Sixth one is this. Any questions so far? Sixth one is this. Your wife or your spouse is going to be your greatest resource. Your spouse is going to be your greatest resource. One of the things that commonly happens is people tend to look down each other in marriage. Oh, he, is, he can't do all these things. You know, there will be always this tendency to look down at each other. Sometimes they may not be there. But most of, quite often I've seen that when they find a weakness in their spouse, they will tell their parents about it, the friends about it, uh, and they will tell them, oh, this and all you can't do, what can you do? You're not fit for this. I don't know if you've never if you've heard the dialogue. I've heard it many times. Not in my marriage. I have a wonderful wife. But being a pastor's son, I've, I've seen some... Uh, my dad used to solve family disputes. And I'll be sitting in the corner when it's happening in the church. <laughs> so you get a lot of dialogues. Uh, the, the, one, one important thing we have to understand is when God gives you a spouse, they are the greatest resource that you can find. God gives you a spouse who will be his greatest resource to help you accomplish his purpose. So you have to understand that your greatest resource is your own spouse. Seventh one, teach and help each other grow. Teach and help each other grow. As much as possible, avoid criticizing each other. As much as possible, avoid criticizing each other. If you find there is a weakness in one person, you have to teach them and help them grow to be a better person. You have to teach them and help them grow to be a better person. 
you ha- you have to take this as a challenge you have to see okay my spouse has this weakness and i'm going to help him overcome that help her overcome that in such a way that no one will ever point their finger at my spouse and say you're like this you have to take that as a challenge make sure that that your spouse is held in the highest honor outside the house okay so when you see some weakness or anything you have to teach and help each other grow or maybe they're struggling with let's let let me put it this well maybe they're struggling struggling with a certain addiction okay when you meet them you shouldn't be judgmental or critical about them but rather you should say okay you know what i know this is your struggle i'm going to help you with it because if you tend to be critical and judgmental uh, that begins to create a private space for them what will happen is they will they will try to overcome but they won't be able to overcome eventually they'll start doing it to a point they won't even reveal it to you but rather if you're teaching them and helping them grow if you say listen i know you're struggling with this but i'm going to help you with this i'm going to help you grow if you speak positive words and help them through god's word they'll be even more open to you and they will in turn grow and become a better person so teaching and helping each other grow is really important in a marriage setting any questions okay the seventh uh, eighth principle i think eighth principle is this you are no longer two but one no longer two but one now this is probably the most undervalued principle in marriage many know but very less put it into practice this is probably the most undervalued principle in marriage let me put it in simple ways this simply means that there can be no private space that your spouse cannot access there can be no secret that your spouse cannot know there can be no place that your spouse cannot access in your life or in the places where you work in other words if you have access to something she also equally does if she has if access to something then he also does there is nothing called as a private space when you get married there is no longer two but one you become one person so if you know it your spouse also has to know it now this is especially in the area of finances again coming back to those of you who lived in hostel and have got some good stipend money and have built up some savings for yourself it's going to be a struggle because finance is one area where people don't like this okay you make your money you spend you let me know how much you're spending but there is this money i just don't want you to touch no longer two but one uh one of the uh, <clears throat> biggest fights that happen in a marriage is because of finance 
now he's talking to my friend we are supposed to speak today also but uh, <clears throat> i was she said i'm really not prepared and i was talking to her okay tell me some points tell me out of your experience she said finance talk about finances it's not this is what she said it's not about uh, it nothing like your money my money it is ours it is common so it doesn't matter whether you make a lakh or your husband makes 50000 your husband's husband also owns that 1 lakh that you made and you also own his 50 50000 rupees whatever the amount is it's no longer two but one any questions now this is another uh, reason why i say it's better to marry early if you're 25 start looking out okay uh, it, it's it's a good age to get married because the older you get the more your savings start to build up uh, you'll start to create this private space even without your knowledge you won't be comfortable letting the other person access your your uh, your funds you may not even like them to know what you have because what if they have a need and come and take your money <laughs> or what if she has a need and takes your money many of you are in deep thoughts <laughs> I'm tempted to say the Holy Spirit is convicting, which <laughs> I won't say it. <laughs> this is uh, this is a very practical area. Finances have to always share. Even if you have one rupee, it's the wife's. Even if the wife has one rupee, it's the husband's. There's nothing like it. You have to have uh, the freedom to take money from their account, and you have to also give them the freedom to take from your account. bank passwords upi pins <laughs> has to be known has to be revealed is <laughs> very important and you have to be transparent with them when you spend on something and also there'll be freedom like you can spend on some things they can let let them know but when you always make a major purchase let them know like if i make something below 1000 or 400 or 300 i won't tell all that to her she will know money is going but you know <laughs> the thing is this when you when you understand each other when you establish trust your spouse will know that you won't spend it for a bad reason there be something good that they wanted to buy and they bought 300 200 150 rupees you don't even have to ask this something below above 5000 or 4000 have a word be very practical be very open it's no longer about what you have it's about what we have uh, the book of proverbs i believe or the book of ecclesiastes say if if two lie down and if it's cold they can both keep themselves warm some of us like to have that in every aspect of marriage but when the finance comes in the name of jesus go away <laughs> have to definitely allow each other okay so no longer two but one any question
sorry. Supporting parents, talk about it. it I, I would say this is something, uh, it's a biblical principle. It's very important to support parents, okay? Uh, because there, there's one verse, I'm really sorry, I forgot the reference, but it's there in the Bible, is that we have to really take care of our parents. Taking care of parents is very important. And after you get married, you have to discuss with your spouse and say, this is what I would like to do. This is what I want to get for my parents this month. And it, it's important that both of, both of you understand it. And uh, tell them I will be supporting my parents till the end of my life. Make it clear. Like any, any, anything that you do, don't hide it from your spouse. Sit and talk. They may not agree at first, but they'll eventually agree. These are good principles, supporting your parents or, or getting something for them they've been wanting to get for a long time. And let's say you've saved up some money that you're really interested, go for it. And if it's a godly spouse, they will be with you on that 100%. Because they will also believe in the same principles, they will do the same thing, and you can also do the same thing. Okay. It, is, it is our responsibility to take care of our parents. Whether they have money or not, that is secondary. But whatever we can, we have to keep doing it time to time. Uh, ninth point was this, practice chivalry. Chivalry is what I said. Opening the door, setting up the chair, sitting in a way that you protect your wife. Um, and when a man comes home after a, days of, after a day's work, a woman has to make sure that there is good food for him to eat, she refreshes him, all that. These are very courteous behavior. You have to practice chivalry. And these things have to be done till the end of your life. It's when, when dating, it's very exciting to open the door. <laughs> But when you fight with that person, try opening the door, the door will be very hard that day for you. <laughs> really, I'm telling you, <laughs> I've done this practically. <laughs> when you're angry, uh, you won't even feel like opening the door. And even if you try, it'll, you'll feel like as if the door is so hard to open that day, and as if they haven't oiled the door <laughs> or something. <laughs> but, but it's important to do this at all times. Behave in a very courteous, respectful manner. Do this till the end of your life. There's, there's a hundred year old lady who said, she said one principle about marriage, be kind to each other. Be kind to each other. In a marriage, it's always easy to fight, say critical things or put each one down. But the most important thing that will sustain a marriage is being courteous, being kind and respecting one another. It's very important. Uh, like words like, thank you, please, can you do this for me? Can you do this? These are very... Uh, they have to learn to say thank you to your spouse and please do this. Not like, hey, do what you're looking at. <laughs> no, you should, you should never say that. You should rather say, please do this for me. Please can you do this? Please can you do that? You have to, you have to practice those things. And I can tell you it will make your marriage really beautiful and exciting. So, uh, in, in other words, when you put these principles into practice, marriage will become something where you can enjoy it, rather than you know, feeling like a weight on your shoulder. Many times we don't see marriage in God's sight or feel like a weight on our shoulder because we don't see it from God's perspective. These, these all are principles that are found in the Bible. 
being kind to one another forgiving one another learning to uh, manage the offenses all these principles are found in scripture when you put that into practice in marriage you will have a very successful marriage and also a marriage that will set an example for everyone else amen the last one this is a very important principle last one is remember wherever you go you represent your parents you may wonder what kind of point this is but i'm going somewhere let me put it this way the way your spouse behaves with your parents will change based on how you treat him in the house okay this is this one principle when i was working in an institution i was part of the administrative team and we would find these students who would always be rebellious okay and this is how we would categorize them if they are rebellious then we know that their character at home is also quite rebellious they are finding it easy to rebel outside because they do the same thing at home and 99% of the time we are right and so what we do with such people is that we get them and we do some personal counseling to help them stop rebel in college see what you learn in the house is what you portray outside and when you step inside another family you are not only representing yourself you're representing your parents so the way your spouse will have a relationship with your parents is going to change based on how you behave if you act in a manner that is very kind courteous and respectful your spouse will really love your parents because he'll be so glad that they've brought you up in a way that is so good but if you're brash don't expect your spouse to have a very good relationship with your in-laws he might also not like certain things so these are practical things many of you look very surprised by this point <laughs> see eventually what you do is is also some parents are really good eventually what you do is also based on your uh, weaknesses but then this is the first impression that everybody will get about your parents the first impression once they get to know they'll know okay maybe it is your weakness but the first impression is always this that when you behave in a certain way they will also find it easier to find fault with your parents so wherever you go you represent your parents i don't understand that so uh, when you're getting married you're getting together with two families okay when you're stepping into the other family you also represent your parents there another important thing uh, part of this is uh, learn to call your in-laws father and mother very important learn to call your in-laws daddy and mommy or mom whatever is appropriate for your culture it sounds simple you know before marriage it was very simple thing and i had in my mind to call my in-laws dad and mom after marriage i was struggling <laughs> because somehow you know for me to give away the title of mom from my mother to 
to my wife's mother was a little difficult was a little challenging because some of you know you just can't you know the title is so exclusive to your parents it's very difficult it's it's not easy as as many <laughs> there are some people whom i know who still call their in-laws uncle and auntie and this is what happened to me there was one of uh, my family's aunties who had come home and i was just telling them you know i wish uncle and auntie were here referring to my in-laws and she looked at me uncle and auntie and the way she looked at me convicted me deeply <laughs> <laughs> she she did it and she was surprised that i was calling them uncle and auntie and then i was like okay time to change myself and uh, i somehow made and i and i do call them that way and i tell you it's it's because again going back to the principle where the two shall become one which means if your wife has father and mother they are also equivalent to your father and mother it's important to treat them the same way and i can tell you you know uh, when you call them uncle and auntie they'll be like a third person but when you call them mom and dad it'll 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 build a different level of relationship with them you will find something you'll find it to you'll find that it'll be very easy for you uh like for example fighting with them won't be very easy you'll feel like you know it's your own parents and so you'll be it'll be easy for you to understand them so my suggestion is this as soon as you get married the first day itself call them mom and dad the more you prolong the more difficult it gets the more you prolong the more difficult it gets just this first time close your eyes close your heart mother father mother father <laughs> just do it after 5 6 times you won't even feel that awkwardness anymore you you have to uh, change yourself to do certain things you cannot expect to go with the flow with the flow when you call uncle and auntie there's always more room for misunderstandings and more room for being uh, uh for you know thinking oh they're like this or they're like that there's always there's always a tendency to easily argue and fight but when you say mom and dad there is a, a tendency to uh embrace them as your own parents and even if they do something you'll be like okay it's okay let it go not a big deal okay so these are very important things when you step into marriage so i think i've given about 10 to 11 principles and uh my prayer is this that you would put them into practice i can tell you by experience it really works it really really works I was joking with my family today and I told her uh, this is something really true that you know whenever I sit with her this is something honestly I'm telling not just a joke but whenever I sit with her I get new sermon illustrations new ideas to do certain things something you know she's like a great resource to me see I I cannot say that you know just because I'm from a pastor's family background and she has nothing her father is not a pastor mother is not a pastor they just you know lay believers I cannot say that she is incapable. When God has given her to me, there is something about her that will always be a great resource. Many times we tend to look down, oh, what do you know about my background? It's all very silly. When you look at it through God's perspective, you will find perspective you will find that they are the greatest resource for your life. There are there are new sermon ideas, new thoughts, illustrations I get just talking to her. And it's so interesting. to spend time and so you have to understand that your spouse will be your greatest resource it may not look like look like to you at the first time but eventually you will discover that they are the best ones that you have found okay so see marriage through god's perspective and marriage will be very fun and very interesting for you
Amen. Questions. Another thing, you know, part of practicing chivalry is you have to respect each other's hobby or there'll be something they'll be very passionate about other than their main work. You have to learn to respect that. Like I have this uh, unconditional, ever-ending, never-ending love for electronics. You know, <laughs> near my home where I live in Bangalore, there's a huge Chroma electronics store. How many of you know Chroma? For those of you in Bangalore may not know. So Chroma is like uh, Reliance Digital. It's a huge electronics outlet. So my pastime, if I'm bored at home, I'll just walk. It's just a five-minute walk. Walk to electronics, Chroma electronics, check out all the phones, see the new features, uh, see what is the current price, what's trending in the market. And that's something that I'm very interested in. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you enter into marriage, it is the spouse's responsibility to respect that and give you that space. And she, my family does that. She let me do that yesterday to my heart's content. <laughs> It's very important. Like th there'll be some things that they like to do, you just have to let them do. Uh, for a woman, you know, take them to a shopping, please. This, this is like window shopping. You all know what it is. <laughs> you know, I, sometimes it may be a little unbearable for men, to be honest. Like how long in one store is like, you take the same thing, try it, okay, not as annoying. <laughs> The, the, the technique that I've come up with is find out whichever store has a chair and motivate your wife to go there. Just, just tell them, this is a good store and uh, pantaloons used to have a chair. I don't think they have it now. <laughs> City center. <laughs> so I'm like, your pantaloons don't go, go to you know, Reliance Trends. They have a nice chair and sit and relax, do whatever you want. <laughs> Sometimes it can get a but boring for us, but then it is really important to uh, be with them. Even if we can stay in approximity of, like my friend would say that I shop better when, I, when you are there. One day I sent her alone for shopping, she was very clueless and came back, she was like, you didn't come with me. So I go find a chair, sit, <laughs> just shop. <laughs> it's very important to do that, even if it means taking your time off and doing it for them, you have to do. At a really respect, you cannot look down at any of what they like, what they like. So very important. Any questions? I would say ninety-five percent of the time, talk to each other and resolve it. Never take matters of the family outside the family, outside of the both of you. Never take it because once you start taking what will happen is uh, other people from outside will start coming and handling issues and it will eventually break both of your capability of solving issues. So every time something happens, you want somebody to be there. But rather you have to learn to resolve it. But there are some issues that needs a third person's intervention like a church leader or a pastor or an elder or your parents, that you can do. But that will be only a very small part of your marriage. 95% of the time, when there is a fight, don't bring a third person. Whenever you bring a third person, what, what, what will happen is this third person will not truly really understand the full story. And they will tend to side with another person. And I've seen one family in particular 
break away because of this they came back by god's grace but i saw this one family break away just because there was another person who was constantly coming in between counseling them but they never really understood what is happening inside internally between each other so having a third person i would put it this way that it's always dangerous bring them in when you really need it like when you when you really can't solve an issue bring them in otherwise never bring a third person because when you come together god also gives you the capability to live with each other which means which means you can solve issues among yourselves like you know when when paul is talking about the church and the disputes in the church he's saying you know if there is a dispute solve it among yourselves why do you have to go to a court why do you have to take it to an outside person solve it among yourselves now in in a family you can do the same thing if you have an issue husband and wife sit together talk take you know just go out if you have a problem start the car take them out for a nice place uh, if 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 you want some suggestions in mangalore you can go to moti mahal you know they have one place is really dimly lit and nice very cozy it's very practical see sometimes you may think okay i can beat everything in prayer prayer really works but then who will make the action who will take the first step it is you god is not going to come and move you he's not going to push you out of your chair to talk to your wife no you have to take a first step you have to take if if, if you get angry with your spouse take them out nice dinner best sweets that they like to have and then talk okay so i hope this was helpful for you let's bow down our heads in prayer father we want to thank you for this moment thank you for helping us learn these principles that are from you master what an amazing union that you have ordained for mankind and lord as as each and every one enters into marriage we pray that lord that you'd give them the wisdom to put these principles into practice so that their marriage can be lived according to you and your word alone in a world where marriages are failing and divorces rising lord we pray that our lives will be an example to the world that it is still possible to live with one person for the rest of our life in jesus name amen